Father, we just thank you that you are you and you're alive, that you're active in our lives, and I just yield myself to you and just ask that you would do your work that you are an expert at in just taking your word and helping us to see something of your son that meets us just where we need to be met. That you would just glorify Jesus to our hearts this morning, that we could see him because that's what we desperately need and want, even if we don't think that. And um, so we just trust you this morning to speak to us, and we receive what you would say. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I don't know when it was. If you, I don't know. Whenever it was that I last spoke, I had a topic that I was on out of Hosea, and it talks about how God was making the Valley of Trouble a door of hope. Uh, for the people of Israel, and I just kind of wanted to build on that a little bit and expand some other thoughts that kind of tie in with that. So I was just going to do like a five-minute review. Um, so I started with the unselfishness of God, uh, that He is love, and love, it, it just it seeks the good of the beloved. And we went through the different scriptures on that and just that those are uh, lies that the enemy likes to slander us with. Let me adjust this. Yep. No, that's because I could hear it too. Is that better? Maybe stay back here a little bit? <laughs> okay. Uh, so the unselfishness of God, suffering does not mean that we are you know, fallen from grace or something. And uh, we also looked at that uh, believing that comfort and ease is our highest good that causes us to stumble. And um, we're going to talk more about that today. Uh, also, is uh, just that comfort, like there is some truth that comfort is for our good. Like God did design us to live securely, to live in peace, to enjoy that, you know, that shalom that Kenny has talked about, that all-encompassing, just the life of God. Uh, but, you know, I mean, if you think about what Eden was, that's exactly what it was. And then, you know, we all know sin, therefore death entered. So right now we're in the wilderness, but God is taking us to the indestructible eternal, immortal, unfading Eden. I mean, that is where we're going. So that desire, he will fulfill that. It's just not necessarily now that we're running the marathon, right? Like, appreciate you sharing that, Nick. Just, you know, the, in the marathon, it, it does hurt <laughs> uh, at times. Uh, 
So God's plan and his purpose towards us right now during the marathon is forming the inward nature of Jesus Christ in us. That is our highest good. And it has to do with being close to him by becoming like him. Uh, And then we ended with, there is always a door of hope for us in the valley of trouble. And that door in our troubles is Jesus himself, that he has his life, not only the forgiveness of sins, but his righteousness, his life to give us to be able to live through this valley of trouble. So, you know, the, the thing that God is after, have you ever had, and hopefully a lot of you have, know what this is like, you know, when you have a friend or a spouse and you're like, that person just, they think like me. They, I just want to be around them. I just, I feel like I talk with them forever. Like, that intimacy, that closeness. So that's what Jesus is after in his people, his body, his bride. You know, just like Adam, when God was parading the animals in front of him and he was naming them. And then, you know, he puts Adam to sleep, creates woman, and he brings Eve past him. And he's like, oh, okay, this is bone of my bone. This is flesh of my flesh. Like, that's woman. Like, you know, so that's what Jesus, the second Adam, is after in us. He's like, oh, those people, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, like, they have my heart. They have my mind. I, I want to be with them. That is what he is doing now. And uh, God has our eternity in mind. And I don't know, <laughs> do we? Like, that's the question God was asking me. So a lot of this stuff that I'm sharing me, uh, you know, with you guys is just a result of what I've been dealing with myself with the Lord. So it's like, man, I don't know. Like, I'm just a, I guess I'm an American. Like, I just, (laughs) that's a horrible excuse. But it's like, I really just tend to think more about um, my stuff and my house and my life here, my life now. Um, You know, when Jesus is like, well, what about later? What about this purpose that I have for you? And I'm like, oh, that's great. Yeah, like I, I do want that, but as long as I can also have, you know, fill in the blank, <laughs> chocolate, uh, I don't know, entertainment, yeah, shooting guns, uh, whatever. But it's like God has really been dealing with me on just going back to um, a real focus on him and, um, you know, is my mind matched up with his? Is my, are my goals lined up with his? My will aligned with his? And, yeah, I can say he's done a work. Like, there are things I am in alignment with. But, man, there's, it's like this season of just, like, there's some stuff that he's dealing with with me. And uh, it's, it's not pleasant, but it uh, is good where I need to come back into alignment with stuff. So if you want to open up to Matthew 16. Matthew 
and it's going to be all You can look at verse 13, chapter, Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. And um, this is when Jesus is, is asking who people say that he is. And he's talking to his disciples, like, well, who do you say that, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter, uh, in verse 16, Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven." And then, you know, he warns him, don't tell anyone that I'm the Christ. And then uh, if you keep going down, it says, verse 21, from that time, Jesus Christ began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised up on the third day. And Peter, like he had just had this huge revelation of like, this is the living God. This is God in flesh that we are seeing right here. That's who you are, Jesus. And he's like, yeah, that's right. And like 10 seconds later, Peter takes him aside after Jesus says, well, I need, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to go and I'm going to be, you know, whipped and tortured and killed. And, and Peter takes him aside and, and began to rebuke him. Which is like terrifying and hilarious kind of at the same time. It's like, oh, oh, Peter. And then I'm like, oh, but how many times have I done this in my life? Like, you know, he rebuked him uh, saying, God forbid it, Lord. This shall never happen to you. And Jesus, uh, he turns to Peter and he says, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. For you are not setting your mind on God's interest, but man's. And then he said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And whoever wishes to save his life shall lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake shall find it. And he keeps going, but... You know, how many times... <laughs> Do we rebuke the Lord when, when there's suffering involved? And at least I'm, again, I'm speaking from my own experience here. Like, you know, far be it, Lord. Like, what about, <laughs> what about the American dream? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, and uh, if you want to turn to... Uh, Luke 24, we're going to spend some time there. <laughs> so Luke 24, it is the uh, story of the disciples walking to Emmaus. 
So we're going to read this, and then we're going to stop and kind of look back on these two passages and reflect on it a little bit. So it's uh, Luke 24, verse 13, is where we're going to start. And it says, Behold, two of them were going that very day. So just to fill you in, because we probably don't have time to read the whole chapter or book of Luke, but you know this is after the uh, crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. And it says, uh, two of them were going that very day to a village named Emmaus, which is about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were conversing with each other about these things which had taken place. And it came about that while they were conversing and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are these words that you were exchanging with one another as you walking? And they stood still, looking sad. And one of them, named Cleopas, answered and said to him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened here in these days? And he said to them, Oh, what things? (laughs) Tell me. (laughs) This is also just like a really ironic passage to me. Um, And they said to him, the things about Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word in the sight of God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him up to the sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all these, or besides all this, it is the third day since these things have happened. So, what a bummer. We thought this was the Savior. We thought this was the Son of God, but he's dead. And it's been three days. But also some of the women, this is verse 22, among us amazed us when they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women also had said, but him they did not see. And he, Jesus said to them, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all the prophets, all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things, to enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, He explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. And they approached the village where they were going, and he acted as though he would go farther. And they urged him, saying, Stay with us, for it is getting toward evening, and the day is now nearly over. And he went in to stay with them. And it came about when he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it. And breaking it, he began giving it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road? While he was explaining the scriptures to us? And then they go back to Jerusalem. So there's a few things here. Like the Lord is with them. He's with you in your troubles, like, I mean, these guys are 
they've just seen their, their Messiah murdered on a cross. And they're like, what is going on? And then Jesus shows up and he's walking with them, but they don't know it. So he is with you, even if you don't know it, if you don't recognize him. Like the promise that you know, he's never going to leave us or forsake us is always true. Just exactly what Nick was saying. Like he is with you, even if you don't feel like it. These guys are literally walking with the resurrected son of God in the flesh, right next to them, and they didn't know it. And the Bible doesn't say why they didn't recognize him, but I think sometimes in our circumstances, we don't recognize Jesus next to us because we haven't believed words that he's spoken to us previously. So, you know, it said back in uh, Matthew that Jesus was beginning to tell the disciples, like, this is going to happen to me. You know, this is what's going to take place. You guys, you know, he's trying to communicate this to them, and they're, they're like, oh, okay, you know, sure. I don't know what they were <laughs> thinking in their minds, if, but they just didn't quite latch on to it, and they didn't really believe it, because if they would have believed what he was telling them then, certainly Peter wouldn't have rebuked Jesus. He would have been like, wow, Jesus, okay, whoa. You know, let's start from that place and, you know, what, what can we do? Like, what do we do? Instead, he rebukes him and says, no, Jesus, no, this isn't going to happen to you. You can't suffer and die. And uh, if they would have believed him, they, you know, these two disciples, Cleopas and the other one, um, they, they wouldn't have been sad, first of all. It's, you know, it said that they were sad and downtrodden because... They're just bogged down by this, you know, sight of their Savior being crucified. And they hadn't seen him risen from the dead, even though they were looking at him right then, you know, talking. But they didn't believe that word. And so they couldn't see what was happening. They couldn't interpret their circumstances rightly. So I feel like God, you know, he's telling me, like, there's some words that you need to go back to that were spoken over you whether it's from other people, and I think this is for you guys too, like, or just things that he has brought out of the word, you know, the scriptures and spoken directly to you. Um, and I think it even ties in with what Peter Burnett was saying, just to go back and raise your expectation to that and, and to hold on to that, uh, especially when things just do not make sense in your life. Like, the, the two disciples are like, this is making no sense at all to us. We don't know what's going on. And he's like, well, let me interpret this for you. Let me tell you what is happening right now. You're actually, like, in this amazing spot. And so when it says Jesus started uh, with Moses and the prophets and started opening the scriptures to them, like, if Jesus, like, if God himself is here walking with these two guys and he's taking the Bible to share with them about, you know, the word that he spoke, the, like, when Jesus speaks, it's scripture, right? Okay, like, when God speaks, it's scripture. <laughs> like, it's inspired of God because he's speaking it. 
And, and Jesus, I just think it's awesome that like he, he doesn't just kind of say his own thing. He's like, no, go back. Look here. Look at the scriptures. Like it's all here. And he takes the scriptures and he explains, he opens it up to them. So if the Son of God does that, like how much more do we need the word, you know, like in our lives? And even if you don't recognize him in your circumstances right now, or it's hard, like don't forsake the word because that's what he's going to open up to you. And they, even though they didn't recognize Jesus in the flesh with him or with them, they did have this burning in their hearts where it's like, this is so true. This is right. And, you know, like when they are looking back on it after they do recognize him physically, they're like, our hearts were burning. When we were walking on the road and he was explaining to us all this stuff. So don't forsake the word or go back to the word and let him come himself and open it up to you. He loves to do that, by the way. So, faith in what God has already spoken to us gives us spiritual vision. It gives us a sight and a correct interpretation of what's going on in our life. Living for me, myself, always 100% of the time causes spiritual blindness. So, in my own life, it's like, when I'm like Peter, and I'm, you know, just like, oh, Jesus, that's, that can't be right. Because that, that means... You know, like when, when I hear Jesus, he's going, like, he's going to the cross and he turns around and he's like, follow me. We're going to the cross. And I'm like, <laughs> no, Lord, that's, that's not necessary. <laughs> uh, dying to myself. Like, I mean, I think we all know, like it is, I mean, it's like a, our flesh is like a cornered animal. The old man is like a cornered animal, and it's like, ah, you know, just like this resistance to dying. And whenever I give in to that, whenever I'm like saying no to Jesus as he's calling me to come deny myself, take up my cross and follow him, it just causes blindness 100% of the time. Like, you, there is no... <laughs> way around it. It's like a spiritual law. Like when I live for myself, I can't see what's going on in my life. I cannot rightly interpret what's going on in my life. And I did want to say one of the expectations that I think God is calling us to is just going back to like, like, expect the living Christ to be with you. And expect him to perform that word that he has given to you. So 
You're using it to interpret your life, but he is going to do it. It may not be how you think, probably not how you think, actually. I don't know if I've ever had him do anything how I thought he was going to do it. I don't know if you guys can relate to that, but it's, yeah, I can't think of even one example <laughs> where I'm like, oh, yeah, that's how he did, that's how he performed that word that he spoke to me. He's like, no, it was completely different. And uh, Philippians 1.6 says, for I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. And in 1 Corinthians, it says, God, who will also confirm you to the end, blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So no matter what word he's spoken to you, like that is something that he's doing. So like going back to you know, the valley of trouble being our door of hope and what God is actually doing in us right now is forming his son in us. And that is definitely a word to everyone in this room who knows Jesus. Like, no matter what else he's spoken to you, it will fit into that framework of the inward life of Jesus, his character, his thoughts, his heart, his desires are being formed in you, and that is God's number one priority in your life, like to bring you close to him and to make you one with him, being made in his image. That's, it says that he's actually just predestined us to that exact goal, so that is what he's doing. Uh, like in Ephesians 5 when it says, he's talking about husbands and wives, uh, husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. That is what God is doing. And one area where I've kind of been tripped up is, and why I think, I was drawn to these two stories. It's just my expectation of what that looks like, the process of me becoming like Jesus and him working in me. His son is like, it's so, so different than my expectations, especially when I was first saved. And it's just like, oh, you're, what? <laughs> like a lot of times I feel like I'm in no man's land and just like, I don't even know where I am sometimes. It's like, you know, like when I'm living for myself and it's like, you know, there's this poem that says, you know, I was, I awoke and I was with myself and not with thee. And that's, it's a, that's not good. I mean, he's still with us, but when you don't feel him close and it's like, this is so not how I thought this journey was going to be. And, and it's just, I guess I wanted to encourage you guys. I was encouraged this week by just, God saying like, well, I'm still with you and I'm still doing all of this stuff in you. It's just that, you know, like when God comes down into the world of man, like it's very different. Like this very different kingdoms and mindsets at work here. And he's like, your mindset just, it's just not mine a lot of times. Like the things you expect, that's not reality. Like, <laughs> you know, and it's, 
it's painful to like realize that, but it's also kind of comforting. Like, oh, well, thank you, Jesus. Like, you're you're with me still. Like, I haven't blown it. Like, I mean, he's still he's still here. He's still working on us, on me, and uh, you know, like the the kingdom, the two kingdoms, like kingdom of light, coming into conflict with the kingdom of darkness, and. Just how, like, you know, God, that unselfishness of his, like, he thinks of others. He's pouring himself out for others. It's marked by love and unselfishness. And then there's us who were born in this kingdom of darkness where it's marked by and totally saturated with selfishness. And me, 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 you know, how can I protect number one? No one else is going to do it. It's, it's about me. And then God comes and he saves us and there's just this jarring, this ripping that happens where it's like, man, like, that's death. The spiritual, you know, death, the kingdom of darkness, being selfish, like that is death. And he's like, this is the way, like my heart. But it's going to require, you know, that death of your old man and it has been crucified. Romans 6 talks about like we do reckon, we believe and call God true that he has made our old man powerless. He's no longer our master and Satan is no longer our Lord. And now we have Jesus as Lord and we have this new birth. We have a new man in us and we just need to say no. Deny our old man. Take up our cross. The cross is for the old man to be nailed on daily. So it's disruptive. <laughs> I, don't, I know I don't need to tell you guys this, but. So. Can we just surrender <laughs> to God? <laughs> can we just say, yes, like, God, we trust you and. We trust that you're our, our good father to work in us that which you promised to do and help us like to not get hung up on what it looks like and just to say yes and, and trust you no matter what. Isaiah 28, and uh, this is from the message, and then I'm going to kind of end it you know, wrapping up here, but Isaiah 28 says, listen to me now. This is God talking. Give me your closest attention. Do farmers plow and plow and do nothing but plow? Or harrow and harrow and do nothing but harrow? After they've prepared the ground, don't they plant? Don't they scatter dill and spread cumin? Plant wheat and barley in the fields and raspberry along the borders? They know exactly what to do and when to do it. Their God is their teacher. Literally, that phrase in the Old Testament is, for God instructs and teaches him properly. And it keeps going, and at the harvest, the delicate herbs and spices and the dill and cumin are treated delicately. On the other hand, wheat is threshed and milled, but still not endlessly. The farmer knows how to treat each kind of grain. He's learned it from God of the angel armies, who knows everything about when and how and where. 
And literally that last phrase says, this also comes from the Lord of hosts who has made his counsel wonderful and his wisdom great. So we have this father who knows exactly what it takes in our life to bring forth fruit, the fruit that he is working in us, that Christ-likeness. He knows exactly how much we can handle. He knows, you know, like there is an end to the race, and he knows that point for each one of you and me personally because it's different. Like he's not going to allow us to be tempted beyond what we're able, you know. And I just love that verse that, you know, God is teaching these farmers how to do it exactly right. And it's like, well, yeah, he knows how to do that because, I mean, he's the one who invented all of that. Like, he knows the depths of just our frame, what we can handle, and, and he's compassionate. Like, this is not, he's not out to get us. <laughs> this is such a good work that he's doing in us. And the, the devil comes in, and he's like, no, no, no. He's just out to get you. He's just out to make you suffer. He's just out to make you run 200 and whatever miles because he wants to see you suffer. And God's like, no, 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 no. Like, this is so good. You guys, like, we're in the race right now. You know, encourage each other. Like, this is, we're in the race. Let's just keep going. Let's finish. Because when we get there, it is going to be so awesome. Like, man, I just, I, I do not think about eternity enough. I mean, this is literally like a blink of an eye and then it's forever and it's, it's like God is like, oh, I just, I, I want to increase your capacity to experience me and that happens now. Like, during this life when we open up our heart and say yes to him through all the pain, all the suffering, the good times, all of that, it increases like the size of our spiritual heart so that we can experience more of God in glory. Like, I don't know, does that make sense? Like, so he is really, like, he's in the long game and I'm way too often in the short game. Like, I was, I had this pond and I'm, yesterday I was building these concrete piers out in the water and I have never done this before and you know, the one went pretty good, and then I did this, like, two-and-a-half-foot-tall one. I've got, like, the Sano tube. You know, it's that cardboard tube that you smash down into the mud, and then I'm, like, taking the water out, putting the concrete in. This makes sense to some of you. It's okay. <laughs> and, uh, okay, so, and then I'm, like, oh, this is awesome. Oh, I'm going to have a dock on my pond. This is going to be cool. And then, uh, <laughs> but I just kind of really wanted to get it done. I didn't really want to spend a lot of time on it. I had other things that I wanted to do yesterday too. And, um, <laughs> and so I, the, the taller one, I'm like, I go over there and I'm like, wait, did that just wiggle? And I'm like, no, nah, it must just be the waves, like the water, you know, just like I'm, all I can see is this water and this tube with concrete in it sticking out of the water. And I'm like, oh, I kind of, uh, and I'm like, I don't want to try this again because I think it moved and I'm like, I better try it again. I'm like, oh, it moved. Like, <laughs> it's wiggling. I'm like, oh, this is not going to be a good foundation for my dock, right? You know, <laughs> there's this tall concrete pillar that's moving, and you know, I'm going to build something on it. No, oh, like over water with kids. That's not good. So, 
I'm like, I just too often am, am really in a hurry to do things. And God's like, well, yeah, you probably should have dug it deeper, like into the dirt deeper so that it didn't move, you know, like, and take, yeah, it would have taken you another half an hour, you know, it's not that long to just do this the right way. <laughs> but God, like, that's how he is with us. Like, you know, I'm like, oh, I just, let's, let's, let's work on, you know, patience. Okay, let's just do it. Yeah. And then, like, you know, I'm patient, like, a couple times. Like, all right, God, you know, <laughs> that's good. And God's like, oh, like, we're doing a, a deep, thorough work here. Like, this is a long-term thing that's going on. And, like, you don't want to just have something that you can just get pushed over, you know, by the little difficulty thing, you know, that, that happens in your life. Like, he's trying to make something of value in us and it requires a deep a deep work and I feel like that's kind of what's going on like in my own life but like almost everyone I know um, in general like I'm speaking like the church in America all the people that I listen to on podcasts and sermons etc like they're going through like harder than normal stuff for probably the last year, you know, maybe more, maybe less, but just like the season of the heat being turned up. And, and I'm like, man, this, it's not just me. It's not just our body. Like it's not, like I think there is something that God is doing in really bringing the Western church into maturity and doing like this deep work and he has these destinies that he has placed in each one of you and he's like calling forth he's like it's time like it's it's time for that stuff to really start to come forth and i'm not going to let it go on until that like you got we got to deal with this that's how i feel like in my own life like no we're not going forward like you can't skip over this part like this has to be done like let's you know say yes to to God in this and and just uh like I said we we trust you God you you taught the farmer how to harvest correctly because you know how to harvest perfectly and one last the last thing I'm going to share um Like, I want to talk about how, like, you know, you see, you're walking behind Jesus, you're a disciple, you're, you're being taught by him, and he's saying, you know, follow me, you know, guys, follow me, you know, I'm going to the cross, you know, come with me, you're going to have to deny yourself to follow me. You can't have it both ways. And that's a hard word, right? I mean, am I the only one that just, oh, like, there's a part of me my flesh is just like, that hurts. I don't want to do that. Um, but there's, like, when I hear Jesus say that in Scripture and, like, to me, like, there's kindness and there's grace in those words. Like, um, I forgot which one of my kids asked me this week. might have been, it was either Noah or Brooke. And they're like, Dad, what are words? And I'm like, 
think it was Brooke, because she talks a lot. <laughs> and she tells me that. She's like, Dad, I talk a lot, hon. I'm like, yeah, but I love it, because I don't. And <laughs> it's nice to <laughs> be around you, Brooke. And so was, I think it was, and she's like, what are words? And I'm like, well, wow, good question. Um, <laughs> well, it's like a sound, right, that communicates meaning that you can understand. And she's like, oh, okay, yeah. And, and I started thinking about that, and it's like, you know, when Jesus speaks, when God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit speak, there is meaning attached to that sound that you hear, but there's also like a spiritual ability. We call it grace. And like it carries with it an enabling and a strength, there's a vitality to it. So like when he says, you know, come do this, come follow me, like he's, it's not something that's impossible for me to do. He's like, I'm giving you the strength to do this. Like there is grace there and readily available. When he says for you to do something, he like implied in that is that he is going to give you the strength to do it. So whatever that thing is, like when he says, hey, come on, let's, let's do this, or hey, don't do that, like there's an ability, a spiritual power that he gives us. It's this ability to do what he, he says. And I love that about Jesus, that there's an enabling word that he speaks to us. Um, and I see just kindness in that, that it's not... Like we're, he's not saying do this alone. He's not saying good luck with that. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. He's like, we're, I'm with you. We're going to do it together. Like I'm going to help you. And um, like he is the perfect embodiment of Ephesians 4.29 where it says, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear like he, when he speaks and you hear him, he's giving grace to you. John 1.14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. And then Psalm 45, he's writing about the king. And he says, You are fairer than the sons of men. Grace is poured upon your lips. Therefore, God has blessed you forever. So I think that is just, just beautiful about our Savior, that he helps us that way. I think I'm just going to call it right there. But if you guys would stand, I do want to just bless you guys before we go, like, not because I'm anything, but because it's the Word of God, and it's out of number six, it's the benediction in a lot of places, but, uh, you know, grace being poured upon the lips of our King just 
Hear this coming from him, not Hans, not me. Just hear this, you know, from your king and just receive it. And this week, just expect God to be with you, working in you. Okay. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. So I actually just can't really get enough of that. Double blessing. (laughs) The Lord bless you. Jesus keep you. Jesus make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. And Jesus lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Because this was spoken in the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Those are all promises, by the way. So, you know, the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. The New Covenant is like you have everything in Christ. So he will bless you. He will keep you. His face will shine on you. He will be gracious to you. His countenance is lifted up on you, and he will give you peace. So with that, you may be seated. If you want, Jesse or Lowell. So last week I shared with you when I was up here that I probably had the best week of my life, that maybe it was the crescendo of my life, and and this week hasn't been quite that good, but it's been pretty amazing. Uh, Jackie, thanks for sharing that, going back to Peter Burnett and that expect God to do more in your life. And she took that to heart, and it unfolded. And the following week, Ken Verhickey was up here, and he talked about Moose, his dog, who was a rescue dog and how they he really came with a lot of baggage. In fact, both Ken and his wife Jill were bitten three times by Moose the dog. And as he was unfolding that, I know in our hearts we, were, we could all see where this was going, what, why the Lord had laid this on his heart because now Hans brings this picture together and we see Peter profess first, Jesus, you are the Christ, and then turns around later and bites his hand and rebukes Jesus. Do I do that? Have I bitten the Lord's hand? Absolutely. Tommy talked last week about the yoke. That hand that I bit was the hand that was reaching out to remove the yoke from me and break it so that it could never be placed on me again. And I bite that hand. But like Hans pointed out, we need to expect Christ with us, in us, to finish that perfect work that he's begun in us that yes he he knows we're going to bite his hand he's going to stretch out reach out be there with us anyway because we're worth it the word i had for you last week from the lord was you've come to the cross now come to the throne come to the throne on friday i celebrated my 26th birthday which sounds odd because my married 20-year-old is sitting there and my 17-year-old is sitting there. The song that's speaking to me so clearly now is 
is the Reckless Love song, which, which there's so many connections to it and the songwriter through my history. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down coming after me. I told you about the young lady that came to one of our workshops who was challenged with her gender and she met Christ and the Father God who said, I made you this way. And that shadow was lit up. The light was brought into her life. That lie was torn down. That wall that separated her from the Father was kicked down. On Friday, the 26th, my 26th birthday, is the anniversary of the day that I climbed up the mountain to jump off the other side. And the Lord climbed up that mountain because there's no mountain he won't climb up coming after me or you, and he met me there. And he said, I have a purpose for your life. I've bit his hand, you've bit his hand, but his work is a good work and he will finish it in you. So yes, be blessed, be blessed. He is our glorious father and he is with us. Raise your expectations and he will never disappoint you. Well, normally you only get one wrap-up, but today you get two then. So I just wanted to say that I, I too, Lowell said a lot that I wanted to say, so I'm just going to make it, I feel really blessed. From Jackie's word this morning, you know, it's been a hard, hard time in my life with, with Michelle's cancer, and you do, you begin to lower your expectations. More and more bad news keeps coming in, more and more doctors, more and more tests, and, and to hear that. And then, then Nick, i got to be honest, Nick, I keep thinking I'm approaching the end of the marathon. And the doctors keep saying, nope. You're not there yet. So I hear Hans, and I keep saying, look to the promises. That word you kept saying, look back. There's been promises spoken over Michelle and I, and through Scripture. We have to go back to those because it gets so hard sometimes, so hard. And you look, and it seems like there is no tomorrow. They're just now. You know, and i got to apologize to some of you. If you've asked me questions, and I kind of give you the zombie glazed look, it's because I truly have been on autopilot. I cannot handle new information very well. I'm not doing well with change right now. So when you tell me the bathroom sink is leaking, I go, great, one more thing. There's mold growing in the basement of the church. Great, one more thing for me to deal with. And I just go on autopilot. So please forgive me if I kind of give you glazed over looks sometimes when you're telling me things. But I think this week I'm really going to be looking back. It's something I have to digest. But looking back over those promises and walking in the future. This season will not last forever. The marathon will end. So thank you, guys. Thank you. So we're going to do a little bit of, uh, of family stuff. Uh, I think Libby, did you want to come up? Or Will? They've got uh, a situation in their life that we, we want to hear the details and be able to, to uh, accompany them in prayer. And Linda, Cardinal, if you want to get ready, too, to speak. Oh, there you are. You're already ready. Oh, isn't she good? I'm looking in the back. Oh, she was back there. All right. So my sweet little family's leaving Tuesday to um, go take care of her brother's children. And so, obviously, we moved here 
to protect ourselves because <laughs> we're Christian and selfish. But um, they're going to leave for roughly eight weeks, and I'll rejoin them. So all of these children and her. And so my wife wants you to feel whole. I want you to know that she loves you, and she needs your prayer. So take care of my family in their absence, and I promise I'll take care of myself. Okay, thank you. Yes. So be thinking of them in prayer as, as they travel, as they're gone for, for that, that period of time, and as that she takes care of your sister? My brother's kids. Your brother's kids. as. Okay, so remember them in prayer, and then, yeah, and then Connie is recovering, and um, if you can just remember her in prayer, it's going to still be a long haul. It's not happening overnight, and uh, so if you can keep keep her in your prayers. I'm going to go to a little note I have here to make sure I don't forget anything, and um, Lilo is... is um, still in need of, of healing. She went back into the hospital. I think she's out now, but, but it's just been a long, tiresome haul um, as she, she battles this infection. Um, also, those of you, some of you know, the church that sent us out from here, from Forest Grove, their pastor is Dale Roberts. This week he had triple bypass surgery, and it went well, and uh, he's recovering. So if you can keep him in your prayers. And... Uh, and uh, so, and then Michelle and I, again, the marathon's not over. We keep waiting for more and more tests. So we went up to Billings on Tuesday, expecting that this would be kind of a closure. We'd have a definitive yes or no, and there's just more maybes. So we're waiting for more tests to be completed, which has been very discouraging. And um, so anyway, if you would just keep our family in, in your prayers and also the results of those tests in your prayers, it'll determine what type of treatments she gets now that the surgery's been completed. Okay, and um, I want to, on a brighter note, Rod and Jenny Carlson, well, Rod Carlson will be here. Many of you know him. He's the man who does the dramatized um, memorizations of Scripture. He'll be here on August 5th, so not next Sunday, but the Sunday after that. And afterwards, we are going to have a square meal. So we are going to provide the meat and the buns and the fixings and all that. Can you bring bring a side dish or dessert or something like that so we have enough to share and have just a great time. So we're really looking forward to a time of celebration on that. And uh, Kenny sends his blessings to you and, and to all of us here. And I'm getting one more hand. August 5th. August 5th. Not this next Sunday, but the Sunday after that. Sorry if I didn't clarify that. All right. I'm going to close this out. And, oh, wait. I, I keep seeing hands, hands. Oh, Linda, I promised you time. And come on up. Come on up, Linda. Okay, so, so DFS care, you're going down uh, to Colorado, is that right? To be in court. So we're praying for the Lord's will and, and all that in that situation. Um, okay. Okay, will do. Hi, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Linda 
for those of you who do know me, you know I'm pretty passionate about um, getting other people um, to live healthier lifestyles. Um, so coming up, I just want to let you all know uh, our community is having a diabetes prevention program. It's a year-long program, and it's not for someone who has diabetes. It's someone who has pre-diabetes. Does anybody know what pre-diabetes is? Okay, so some of you do not. Um, there's like 84 million Americans at risk for diabetes, and they have this thing called pre-diabetes, which is kind of the precursor to diabetes, but it's completely reversible. Um, they say if you lose 5% of your body weight, uh, you're able to probably prevent the progression to actual diabetes if you have prediabetes. Um, so I wanted to let everybody know we have a, we, the classes are starting August 1st, um, and it's at the, the hospital here. We're partnering with Billings Clinic uh, to do that. And I just wanted to, you know, it's a year-long program, so it's a commitment. Um, but if you are interested or you know somebody who's interested, uh, I have a couple of these flyers, and you can also talk to me as well. Um, there's a phone number on here to call the hospital um, and sign up. Um, it, and if you don't know anybody and you're not interested yourself, please be praying. This is something that, um, again, I'm really passionate about, and we want to make sure we can do as much as we can for our community to prevent that the progression to diabetes, because diabetes is not fun to have. So, um, and if this this program is successful, you know we can continue it for you know for years to come. Um, you know I I do try and work myself out of the job all the time, so um, it doesn't work, but we try. So um, anyway, any other questions? Please let me know. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Got to take care of this body while we got it. So. All right, kids, you want to come up to get ready for, for tithe and offering, and I will close us out in prayer. And then Jackie will close this action in song. Another hand. I see hands everywhere. I'm sorry. We're going to go on maybe 12, 30, 1 o'clock. Okay. Nope, there is no church in the park. That got canceled. We'll be back here. So I didn't think anybody knew, but apparently you were on the inn. We never made an announcement, I don't think, for it. But it, it did not happen. So. That would be wonderful. If any of you want to gather around the deans afterwards and pray for them, please, please do so. That'd be wonderful. So, all right. Wait, guys. When I say amen, then you can do it, okay? Wait till I say, all right. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this morning, Lord. We thank you for the encouraging words, Lord, that, that we can, in our hope and in you, we can raise our expectations. We can, the, the, even if it appears that we can't make it, you can through us, Lord God. And we can look back at those promises in your word and know the truth. And we can be free from those, those fears and, and those concerns and even that, that, that feeling that we have to keep up with everything that's going on. We thank you for that. Bless those who have missed today, Lord. Just bless them as they're away. Bless those who are here, Lord. Take care of our church finances. And, uh, Lord, just may we accomplish all that you have for us. Bless the uh, offering again that we would be able to reach those in need. In your name I pray. Amen.